Welcome to Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast with fraud expert Skip Myers. This is your guide to fighting fraud and chargebacks. Learn the best fraud prevention solutions and strategies. How to enhance your fraud prevention team. And how to prosecute criminals. Now, here's your host, Skip Myers. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Ruin a Bad Guy's Day Radio. Welcome back. Hey, we got a great news article this week and some other information I'd like to share. Some other things have been hitting the news quite a bit in the last couple of weeks, and I thought I would share that with you guys. Uh, a lot of good information you could take back to work or to your friends or family to help them prevent from being a victim from fraudsters and malware attacks. And this week, what I really want to talk about is how fraudsters exploit malware for financial gain. So malware, what is malware? We see this in the news and probably it hits your spam folder quite a bit from other publications or other companies trying to get your business. But malware is any software intentionally designed to cause damage to computer Maybe it's your server, your computer network, and this malware does the damage after it's already implanted or introduced in some way into a target computer or network. So malware is gonna be attached most likely to some sort of phishing email, and somehow you, the user, or someone else in your company or network does something that unfolds this code that's part of this malware. Uh, it could be computer viruses or worms or Trojan horses. Sometimes it's spyware or ransomware. Um, there's all kinds of other terms, but malware in its basic form is is malicious. It has malicious intent, and it acts against you know your company's best interests or your best interests. And there's something harmful with that malware that is typically designed to steal your personal information, and so that the bad guy can have financial gain at some point by defrauding you or someone else. So before I get started, the tradition here is always talk about stupid criminals and boy, there's not a not a day that goes by that I don't have a hard time finding some news articles about dumb criminals. And this is a news article out of Oklahoma involving Uber. And it looks like things didn't work out well for three Oklahoma City teenagers who allegedly planned to rob a bank using Uber as transportation. And police say that the Uber driver who took the teens to the bank one Tuesday afternoon called authorities after he heard one of them say he had a gun and he was going to cap somebody. So police said that the gun was later found on one of the teams after he tried to fight officers who arrived at the bank. The teens had apparently already arranged an Uber for their getaway car, says the news crew. Um, it looks like the Uber driver, his name uh, Mr. Case, says he was waiting outside the bank when he saw the teenagers being taken away in handcuffs and arrested and was told by an officer that there had been a robbery attempt. Well, I guess he was right. Looks like, uh, according to the Uber driver, it says, hey, they called me for the getaway car. Can you believe that? Hey, if you're going to do something like that, like rob a bank, get your own car, he says. Yeah, no kidding. Pretty stupid, huh? What are they thinking? I mean, I'm going to call an Uber driver. Hey, buddy, wait outside here, so I'm going to go rob this bank and stick around long enough so I can hop in and we get away in time. 
crazy stuff. I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of uh, illegal substance involved there <laughs> that they were taking before the robbery or before they decided to call Uber. Thank you for that great news article out of Oklahoma. That's awesome. So today, I want to fold in a little bit more information about how fraudsters exploit malware for financial gain. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? So this week, I'd like to talk about a big case that the feds made just about a week ago, just very recent. You may have seen it uh, in the news recently, but this is a very important case, federal case, where two Romanian cyber criminals were convicted of all 21 counts relating to infecting over 400,000 victim computers with malware. That's right. Inflicting and infecting victim computers with malware and stealing millions and millions of dollars. And this is the actual press release that came out from the Justice Department just very recently. Federal grand jury last week convicted two Bucharest Romanian residents of 21 counts related to their scheme to infect victim computers with malware in order to steal credit card numbers and other information to sell on the dark market, the dark web, and other websites. And their intent was to mine cryptocurrency and engage in online auction fraud, announced by Assistant Attorney General Brian Benkowski of the Justice Department's Criminal Division. Way to go, man, that's awesome. So two of these defendants were convicted after a 12-day trial of conspiracy to commit wire fraud conspiracy to traffic and counterfeit service marks, that's interesting, aggravated identity theft, conspiracy to commit money laundering, and 12 counts of wire fraud each person there. So sentencing will begin in a few months. And according to testimony at the trial and other court documents, one of the co-conspirators who pleaded guilty collectively operated a criminal conspiracy out of Bucharest, Romania. So we've been talking about this for months now on these podcasts about the infusion of international crime gangs, you know, targeting Americans here in the United States to steal our identities and our cash, obviously. It's amazing how widespread and worldwide this problem and phenomenon is. So the press release goes on and says, apparently this all began in 2007 with the development of proprietary malware, which they disseminated through malicious emails purporting to be legitimate from entities like Western Union, Norton Antivirus, and the IRS. So this is an old scheme being redone again over and over again. And why do the bad guys and all the fraudsters and all these people who are bad guys all over the world keep doing the same thing over and over to target us? That's right, because it works. It's easy. It keeps working. We need to keep getting the awareness out there and educate everyone about the potential problems with malware and how the bad guys exploit this malware for their financial gain to commit fraud. You know, so again, what is malware? Well, this is software that's intentionally designed to cause damage to computers or servers or computer networks. And it does its damage after it has been implanted in some way on a computer. So how is this done? Think real hard now, how is this done? Well, you're right, it's, it's from emails, phishing. That's what this is about. This is why you see so many emails come in and you can't understand why you're getting all these strange emails is phishing and what is phishing let's let's 
regroup and talk about what phishing is. So phishing basically is email messages claiming to come from a recognized source. You know, it's going to be a company, most likely someone you recognize. It could be in a person asking you to verify your account or real re-enter or reorder products, uh, you know, verify your information or even making a, make a payment. And, you know, I was looking at my personal emails again this morning before the podcast and I, I saw three or four phishing emails from lenders. I've been approved again uh, for $25,000 and I must, uh, uh, you know, submit the request immediately. I have a certain time frame where uh, I can get these great rates for this loan. And so what's the key parts of a phishing attack? Well, a lot of it lacks certain personalization uh, to you. It's going to be dear so-and-so. Is that going to be to Skip Myers or to Bill Williams? I mean, it's going to be uh, something that's a little more generic because in this case, most likely the bad guys have your email address, maybe from some data breach in the past, but they still don't have your full information. So the most common type of phishing scam, uh, their deceptive phishing refers to any attack by which the fraudsters will impersonate someone or something or some legitimate company in this case and attempt to steal your personal information and log on credentials. So think about that. How often you get these phony baloney emails in your inbox and you don't think they're really that big of a deal. The potential for malware being attached to those phishing emails, those emails that you don't know where they come from is extremely high and those emails are extremely dangerous. So let's think about this a little bit further. So what's the next really level of phishing emails. Well, they're spear phishing. Now these go to the next level. The bad guys have a little bit more of your personal information and they're using that personal information to really target you. That email or that phishing email will be very, very personalized to you, dear Skip Myers. So it's a more sophisticated version when uh, this sender, the bad guy, the fraudster uses, you know, certain information that they obtained in order to direct you and request you to do some things so that they can steal your credentials. So just remember that a lot of these other emails are going to look personalized because they believe that you're going to be a little more trustworthy with an email that comes in that's personalized specifically to you. So some other common denominators between just your regular deceptive phishing emails or spare phishing uh, emails is that they both will have some form, uh, I'm sorry, sense of urgency. That's right. They're going to ask you to do something and do it soon. There's going to be a call to action. You must do something now. Click on this link, download this file, do something so that can start the process to download that malware on your computer, your personal computer, or your company computer from which at that point it will infect your company's network. And that, my friends, is something you don't want to do because that's that will be the granddaddy of the mall phishing attacks. That's what the bad guys really want to do, especially if you work at a bank or a large financial institution or even a company that that keeps a lot of customer records, emails, and or like Equifax, social security numbers. That's the granddaddy of them all data breaches. So why are we talking about this? Well, let's, let's get into this news article from the Justice Department just a little bit more here. So it looks like this, the malware that the bad guys sent out harvested email addresses from the infected computer, such as contact lists and email accounts, and then they sent malicious emails again to these 
newly harvested email addresses. And these defendants infected and controlled more than 400,000 individual computers, primarily right here in the United States. So again, this is all about phishing and deploying the malware that's attached to that phishing email. So we're gonna get to that a little bit further here in a moment. So controlling these computers allow the defendants to harvest this information, obviously. And controlling these computers allow the defendants to use a, the processing power of computer to solve different complex algorithms for financial benefit of this fraud group, a process known as cryptocurrency mining. Everyone's heard about that. So they're leveraging the rewards that, are, that they're having, uh, the, the gains and the, all this different information that they're obtaining by illegal means. They're, they're harvesting this information to maximize the potential. In this case, in, in one form of their fraudulent criminal enterprise there is uh, cryptocurrency mining. So let's talk about real quick, how can we identify some of these actors when they're in the process of trying to commit fraud against our company, especially in this case, using phishing emails as a way to deploy or exploit the malware within your personal computer or company computer or network. So one big thing out there, and I'm not sure if everyone's uh, aware of this, anybody's in IT out there, anyone? Anyone, anybody who's in IT probably knows this, but it's called the cyber kill chain. And it's something I've used for, for several years now as part of basically pro basic problem solving and you can use the cyber kill chain in different ways to really see how different uh, attacks or problem solving ideas can come about and formulate your own processes and procedures around that. But let's talk about that, the cyber kill chain. And basically the cyber kill chain started from computer scientists at Lockheed Martin Corporation uh, for a framework or model to defend against uh, computer attacks against uh, attacks to computer networks. And they started this uh, procedure framework called the cyber kill chain back in 2011. And they wrote that uh, a lot of attacks may occur in different phases and can be disrupted through certain controls at each phase. Does that sound familiar? So a lot of you in the physical security world, we talk, talk about the four D's or five D's of physical security or loss prevention. And a lot of that has to do with detecting and denying, disrupting, uh, deterring, degrading, defending, you know, whatever kind of Ds you want to use. But those are different levels uh, or phases that you can use to defend yourself against a particular attack from a physical source, or in this case, from cyber criminals. So let's talk about the cyber kill chain. So the cyber kill chain basically reveals, again, the phases of a cyber attack. And those of y'all in the fraud analyst world uh, who really fight chargebacks and online criminals using stolen credit cards to buy goods and services online through your website, you can use the same cyber kill chain to really look at how your bad guys are operating uh, within your website. So again, let's talk about this. The cyber kill chain reveals phases of a cyber, and I would say, or fraud attack into your system. So from an early reconnaissance to the goal of data uh, ex, uh, exploitation. So really the kill chain can also be used as a ma management tool. And that's what I use it for every day, especially uh, in looking at how Browsers are hitting my website for fraudulent means. You know, wh what are they actually doing? And I apply this cyber kill chain and it helps me understand and help me train others to help them understand the different phases by which 
uh, cyber criminals trying to hit our website. So according to Lockheed Martin and the cyber kill chain that they developed, the threats progress through several phases in the model. So number one, all the bad guys do some sort of reconnaissance. So number one in the cyber kill chain is reconnaissance. The bad guy is, is doing some recon uh, before he actually makes these attempts to commit fraud. So what does this mean? So the intruder or fraudster starts collecting different data. He selects a target. They research it. And then they attempt to identify what? What are they trying to identify when they're looking at your potential site to attack? They're looking for vulnerabilities. Those vulnerabilities, those those holes in that dam, the, the kinks in your armor. They're looking for vulnerabilities in that network or within your computer. Heck, they're looking for vulnerabilities probably even in your training program. You know, are your are your employees trained about cybersecurity, phishing, and all the different ways bad guys can commit fraud online via email? So that's very important. So reconnaissance, number one in the cyber kill chain. Yes, Hello, that's very good. I like that ding. Anyway, so number two, weaponization. The froster creates a remote access malware weapon, such a virus or worm tailored to one or more vulnerabilities. Okay, in this case, what is that weapon? The weapon will be a phishing email. That's right. He's creating a phishing email attack. Why does he do it? Because it works. It works over and over again. So number three, what do they do? It's the delivery. The fraudster transmits that weapon. In this case, the weapon is going to be this fish, phishing email to target your, your customers, yourself, or your employees via these email attachments, uh, bogus websites. It could be in a USB drive that's just left laying around uh, in your office and someone accidentally puts it into their computer, which unleashes the malware. So Number one is reconnaissance. Number two, weaponization. Number three is the delivery of that weapon. In this case, it's going to be a phishing email, and it's going to be delivered via email attachments or click here and download this. So number four, exploitation, and that's what we're really trying to get down to the nitty-gritty here, exploitation. So the malware weapons program, that code that's inside that malware, that's released the minute you click on something you shouldn't be clicking on from a phishing email, that malware installs an access point or what they call a backdoor that's usable by the intruder. Does that make sense? So the bad guy is purposely trying to do something that you're going to do. You don't think you're going to download this free software, download this something, uh, the link that he's given you because it's creating a sense of urgency, a call to action. And the moment you click on it, you're, you're not going to know it, but the moment you click on that or download this uh, malicious software program, that malware weapon uh, or coding is going to start installing a certain back door so that the bad guy can get into the to the back end of your computer or network. So that's number four. Number five, the installation. So that's that's pretty much uh, easy to understand. The installation is all part of pretty much runs together with the exploitation. And number six is the command and control. So number six, command and control means the malware uh, is enables the intruder to have hands on your computer. He's not there, but actually he's got hands on your computer and it's, it's, they have persistent access to your network. Again, this is all behind the scenes is, is occurring unbeknownst to you. And number seven, uh, actions on the objective. So the intruder, the froster takes actions to achieve their goals, such as downloading all kinds of data, uh, destroying data, 
causing sort of um, other means to encrypt data uh, for ransom. So we've probably heard of that from your IT professionals. So defensive courses of action that can be taken against these phases. And we're going to go back to the four Ds in this case that Lockheed uses, but that's to detect. You know, we have to have a mechanism in place to detect and determine whether or not an attacker is just poking around our network or our computer. And number two, deny. We have to deny the intruder and prevent information and disclosure and prevent them from unauthorized access into our systems. Number three, we have to disrupt the bad guy, stop or change any outbound traffic to the to the attacker. That means outbound traffic from our server, from our hard drive, from our systems and computers and our organization. And number four, degrade the attack, counterattack. We get counterattack command in control. Do something that s- signals the attacker that this isn't working. So that can go on further by saying the that the uh, actions on the objective, the attacker works to achieve the objective of the intrusion, which can include, you know, again, the destruction of that data. And that's so important that we really look at that. So we're trying to de- degrade his ability to carry out uh, his fraud. So does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. I'll have some links to the cyber kill chain. I'll put some notes in the podcast notes as well to help you understand that. But now that I've explained the cyber kill chain, does it start making sense about how malware can be used by fraudsters to exploit our weaknesses in our systems and our computers and our networks? And sure, it sure can. So those phases, if you're aware of those phases, you understand how a bad guy or cyber criminal will operate when they're trying to target your organization. So let's talk a little bit more about this article from the Justice Department. So the the defendants, you stolen email credentials to copy a victim's email contacts. So they also activated files that force infected computers to register email attacks with AOL. The defendants also registered more than 100,000 email accounts using this particular method. That's, that's amazing. They're really well organized and apparently very well educated. And then they send malicious emails to these addresses to the compromised contact list. And through this method, they sent tens of millions of malicious emails to unsuspecting people. So when the victims uh, were infected, um, you know, their computers were infected. Uh, and then when these bad guys or the good guys visited websites like Facebook or PayPal, e- eBay, and so forth, the defendants would intercept the request and redirect the computer to a nearly identical website. So this is this is pretty tricky. So the bad guys are already infected your computer. The malware has been installed because you clicked on something you probably shouldn't have. But when the victims with these infected computers visited websites, your own Facebook page, you hit your PayPal attack, uh, PayPal account or your email account, these bad guys would intercept that request and redirect that your computer to, to an identical website or almost identical website that they had created. And the defendants would then steal your account credentials. And this is the mother load that they're looking for. Then they would use a stolen credit card, right? So this is really important to understand. Why are they doing this? Well, they're using that stolen credit card for information to fund their criminal infrastructure, the criminal enterprise. This is what it's all about. This is a business to them. They got to fund their criminal enterprise by doing all these different things by defrauding us. So this would include renting server space, registering domain names with fictitious identities and paying for virtual private networks or VPNs, which further concealed their identities. So the defendants were also able to inject fake pages into legitimate websites like eBay 
to make victims believe they were receiving and following instructions from legitimate websites. Then they were actually following the instructions of the defendants. Man, this is crazy stuff. So they placed more than 1,000 fraudulent listings for cars and motorcycles and other high-priced goods on eBay or other similar auction sites. And the photos of the items were also infected with malware, which then redirected the computers or you, the end user, that clicked on the image to another fictitious website designed by the defendants to uh, resemble a legitimate eBay page. Crazy. And these fictitious web pages prompted the users, you and I, to pay for their goods through a non-existent eBay escrow account uh, that was simply a person hired by the bad guy. So the users paid for the goods uh, on these fraudulent uh, escrow, escrow accounts and agents who in turn wired the money to others in Eastern Europe, Romania, this is where these guys are from, who in turn gave it back to the defendants. The payers and the victims never received the, the merchandise or items and never got their money back. No kidding. So this resulted in loss of millions and millions of dollars to, to a lot of Americans. And this particular group, I guess they're called the Bay Rob Group, they laundered the money by hiring money transfer agents and created fictitious companies with fraudulent websites designed to give the impression that there are actual businesses engaged in legitimate financial transactions. And money stolen from the victims was wired to these financial fraudulent companies and then in turn wired to Western Union or MoneyGram offices in Romania. The FBI investigated the case with the assistance of the Romanian National Police. That's awesome. So some good collaboration there. Hey guys, this really tells you about the severity of malware and how bad guys will exploit malware for financial gain to steal your credentials, your identity for financial gain. And at this particular level of sophistication, bad guys are doing things to really make themselves look legitimate. They're going to be imposters. They're going to be impersonators of, of other companies. The, the emails are going to look really good. But what really at the core of, of all of this starts the malware to work? That's the phishing email that you receive. And when you click on a link, when you download something that you didn't really want, that can potentially have consequences to you and others within your organization or home by releasing information to the bad guys with your personal identification being compromised and other financial information that will be used for financial gain. So let's be very, very careful with all these phishing emails that are coming out there. Remember to the main emails you're getting right now and really take time to look at those emails that are coming in either from your business email and especially your personal email that lack personalization and email that isn't addressed to you that came from somewhere else that's asking uh, you to do something, a call to action, and there's a sense of urgency behind it, and they're asking you to click on a link or download some software. The other email is going to be a little bit more personalized. It's going to be called Spear Phishing. It's going to be addressed to you. Similar things are going to be around this particular email, call to action, sense of urgency. It's going to ask you to do something. Click here, download this, but don't do that. And if you see those things that's, uh, at your company, send that information to your IT cybersecurity team. They need to uh, see that information and try to block those IP addresses or those email accounts or sending those phishing emails to you and others at your business. Hey guys, I hope this has been very, very helpful uh, to you and 
please email me back with any information or any other questions about this particular podcast. It's so important that we work together to fight the bad guys. They work 24-7 trying to steal our credentials, our personal information, and defraud us every single day. Thank goodness for the FBI and other authorities that are working together to fight crime and ruin a bad guy's day. This is a great bus. This helps everybody uh, that's listening today and others to help fight this kind of fraud and phishing. Now, I don't know if someone stop all the phishing emails. I certainly get several of those every single day. But remember, this podcast is for you. This is a fraud practitioner's podcast designed to help you work together better to ruin a bad guy's day. And again, guys, if you like this podcast, please feel free to like us on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, and other free download sites are really, really appreciated. And right now, every single day, I see the number of downloads and new members to the website continually to go up. That's really great. I can't thank you enough. And please feel free to go to the website with all the Ruin a Bad Guys Day radio merchandise and shop through that. And, And please let me know if there's anything else that you think I should actually provide on that site as well. So thank you once again. And everyone, Ruin a Bad Guys Day. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast with Skip Myers. If you liked our show, please tell your friends and colleagues. You can learn more about us at ruinabadguysday.com or visit us on Twitter and Facebook at Ruin a Bad Guy's Day. Join us for another episode of Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast. The information provided in Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. You should consult with legal counsel or other professionals to determine what may be best for your individual or organizational needs.